0: Yeah, welcome back. Just after 7 kickoffs across the United Kingdom, of course, from a footballing standpoint. kickoffs as well over across Europe. Real Madrid, they've just got underway against Sevilla. We've got to get to that as well. We'll give you some team news. Half-time, Lazio against Sampdoria. Well, we'll talk some Simone and Zaghi because Lazio have won their last ten. They're up against Claudio Ranieri, former Lazio boss. I can tell you at half-time, it's Lazio three, Sampdoria nil. Scotland as well, no action uh, this weekend. In fact, there is. the Scottish Cup action. Uh, It was... Rangers who won last night 2-0 against Tran I didn't expect uh, that in actual fact I thought they'd score more than that but anyway all of that still to come we will tell you as the goals go in across Europe you'll be the first to hear about it I want to finish though before any of those goals do start pouring in to finish with team news we've got Norwich we've done Bournemouth that one is a proverbial six pointer what about another rejuvenated team in the English Premier League Southampton Ralph Hasenhutl his ideas finally starting to bed in it's Southampton against Wolves at St Mary's let's start with Southampton Matthew I
1: think absolute credit needs to go to the Southampton board Chris because any team that are humiliated like they were at the hands of Leicester earlier this season may well have pulled the trigger but they stayed true to what they wanted when they did that, when they brought that manager in, they're smart Southampton. They always make educated, well thought out managerial appointments, and they weren't ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And it's bearing fruit. They've won four in five, thanks in no small part to Danny Ings, who, of course, leads the line again. I was reading earlier his 14 goals have been responsible for 13 points yeah. for Southampton. That's how important he is knocking on the door of Gareth Southgate's England side again. But their team, Alex McCarthy in goal, they have the back four of Bertrand, Berdanak, Stevens, and Suarez. And then they've got Armstrong, Ward-Prowse, Hoiberg and Redmond. And then leading that line, as I say, is Danny Ings alongside Shane Long. Unchanged, unsurprisingly, yeah. from that team that beat no Leicester.
0: Surprised to see that. What about a Wolves side? And I'm a big fan of the job that Nuno Santo has done at Molineux. This Wolves side, very much built in his image. Young Scottish coach there, Ian Cathro, as well. Wonderful story. If you've got time, read how Nuno Santo and uh, Ian Cathro met. It was over in Largs in Scotland, small little town there, where the European coaches go. Ian Cathro, I think he was 27 he just caught the eye of Nuno Santo took him over to Portugal then to Valencia then working now together at Wolves how are Wolves lining up Rob?
2: Yeah so Wolves coming off the back of that defeat with Manchester United in the uh, FA Cup in the week um, the, the replay and they've got made one change to that team so they've got Rui Patricio in goal uh, back three of Roman size uh, Conor Cody and then Dundonka Matt Doherty, Giammatinho, Ruben Neves and Johnny Otto in midfield. The and then a front three, Pedro Neto, Raul Jimenez and, and Adama Traore. Yeah, looking forward to this one. If I was sat on my couch, I'd be tempted to turn on this one. Yeah. Southampton against Wolves,
0: that will be a good footballing match. I'm expecting some goals on that one as well. And not before uh, long. Uh, we get to the final one, West Ham against Everton, David Moyes going up against his former side, amazing to think that David Moyes is back at West Ham, let's start with the home side, West Ham had a great start that 4-0 win over Bournemouth, mm. then lost uh, in controversial fashion to
1: Sheffield United last Friday night, how was Moyes lining up? They did indeed and as a result of that defeat, as you say on the Friday night Chris he's made four changes, the one, of the most important of those is Darren Randolph back between the sticks having been signed from Middlesbrough, he of course left the London Stadium to move north to Borough but goalkeeper problems at West Ham Fabianski injured again and of course uh, Adrian sold to Liverpool and who was the his name completely escapes me brought Roberto. Roberto oh my goodness me I the mean, worst
0: goalkeeper in the league
1: I think you could get a game you could play
0: centre half for Arsenal and you could play <laughs> in bins at West Ham at the same time Yes, probably, <laughs> and still do a better job.
1: And do a better job. Thanks very much, Chris. I think it's the nicest thing you've ever said to me <laughs> on here. Um, but Randolph. Uh, Randolph is in goal. Oh, I'm right on cue. Hang on. Sorry, my team got pulled off the screen. Sorry, Randolph in goal. You got Pablo Zabaleta at right back. He said Diop is another one of those changes. He comes into centre half. Angelo Ogbonna joins him in the heart of the defence. And Aaron Cresswell, as always, at left back. Nows is another one to come in. Yeah. Declan Rice, Mark Noble, and Robert Snodgrass is the fourth of those changes. And then you got Manuel Lanzini. How much do they hope he's? Fit. He's very important for them, and he's tucked in just behind Sebastian Haller.
0: Always forget that. People forget Manuel Lanzini. Where do I first <laughs> see him? Al Jazeera football club and think. what a job he's done what a player he is as well it just always amazes me that they often say our oh, UE football to backwater nonsense there's Manuel Lanzini from Al Jazeera into English football and he really is a key man for what West Ham and what David Moyes is trying to do so that is West Ham what about Carlo Angelotti? still can't believe I'm quite saying that forget Jose <laughs> Mourinho at Spurs Carlo Angelotti. This Everton manager's mental.
2: He is, and he's, he's made four changes for this uh, for this game against West Ham following their um, result against Brighton last week. Um, unfortunately, Charlson's twisted knee in training, so he's missing his first match of the season. But they've gone with Jordan Pickford in goal. Back four again, Seamus Coleman, uh, Mina, Messing, Holgate, and Lewis Digny at left back. Uh, midfield four we think which will be Bernard Fabian Delph another guaranteed bookie from Lee Chris <laughs> Tom Davis and Theo walker <laughs> on the right and then up front Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Moise Keane.
0: Yeah, Moise Keane so that gets you bang up to date we are still waiting for our first goal in the English Premier League we did discuss Arsenal-Sheffield United we spoke a little bit as we went there but I want to just a couple of stories at Brighton Villa we discussed Man City against Crystal Palace Man City now all they can do is win football matches put as much pressure as they possibly can on Liverpool and hope the wheels come
1: off. Champions League now, surely the focus for Pep. Yeah, but I think at the start of the season, if you'd said to Pep, you can throw away the league now and you finally get that crack at the yeah. at the big one in Europe, I think he would have taken it. Part of me thinks the cynic within me thinks he probably did that anyway. I think he knows he might well be not deemed a failure, of course, because of the wonderful things he's getting out of his players. I do think if he leaves Manchester City without having got them their hands on the big trophy, I think he would be deemed a failure by those that worked so hard to not just bring him in, but create an entire platform for him to feel comfortable. We forget that that Barcelona recruitment started a long time before Pep Guardiola came through the door. I know you spoke brilliantly and listening back to that interview with, um, with Soriano, it was all about getting Pepin because it's all about winning the Champions League and I think if he leaves Man City as well he might probably not this year he's spoken this week and says that the only way he's leaving City is if he sacks they're certainly not going to sack him for finishing second and not winning the European Cup but if he does leave the Etihad Stadium without it I think he would have
0: failed Yeah just on Man City Robin, I want to get your thoughts on this Ferran Soriano you're absolutely right and I need to do more with that interview because oh, there was a terrific. couple of sound bites in there that I haven't seen anywhere else certainly with regards to Coach scouting, it was one thing we spoke at length about and he said, you're absolutely right, Chris, that's what we're trying to do at Man City. It is an City football group, though, by and large. He said, yes, Pep's important, the most important man at my football club, out with the owner, because of course the owner and the money is paramount to it, to, to go into that, to build the football club up that they've done. Chechi Bergestein, because building a culture, it's about a culture that if you take Pep out tomorrow, if for whatever reason Pep doesn't want to be Man City manager, that's okay we will go out and find a manager that can come in and operate and work to our philosophy at that football club. He talked about Ange Postacoglu, the former Australian coach, who's now I think in Yokohama, they just won the league over in the J-League with Ange, he was someone that they had identified and then the day after, or a couple of days after this chat with Ferrin, what did lo and behold, who did the New York City football club appoint as their new manager? Ronnie Delia, former Celtic manager and it kind of got me thinking, Wow, they've done their due diligence. They're looking at football men who share a similar philosophy.
2: They do, and there's a whole scouting approach to it. I was, as you, I think, as you know, we had Rangers and Celtic with us up at NAFS over the, over the past week, and I was lucky enough to spend an hour with Ross Wilson, the, the sports director from Rangers. Um, it was a fascinating hour, really, and it, it, it was really candid and, 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 and talked about his role and, and then what he'd done in, 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 in his past careers as well in previous clubs. And the thing that really stuck out for me was what he did at Southampton man scouting managers yeah and they, and he said that was one of the biggest roles that he had was who was he knew at Southampton either, as we all do someone's going to get sacked or they're going to get moved yes on, as in most clubs he had to think two three four years ahead if this person leaves at this point who who are the three or four managers out there that we want that we want to work with and that was a big part of his role and it's fascinating and you look at the clubs that have done it well in the previous years so you look at Swansea Swansea did Swansea did well for, they had they must have had a period of about seven eight years where they went through and I, w- I won't get them right in order but they had while there, they have yep. Rogers there, yep. they had Martinez. Martinez, Paulo
0: Souza, who's was linked with Arsenal, doing wonders now, I think, at Bordeaux, if memory
2: serves me and I think the chairman or chief executive at the time was Hugh, Hugh Jenkins. And he at the time said, We don't need a manager. Yeah, we want we a want coach. We want a coach because we don't need a manager. We know how to run the club, we know how to run the academy, we know how to. We've got the recruitment system, we need a manager, to, we need a coach to fit that. Then, when they changed that philosophy and they brought in... You know, went through Bob two and Bradley, from, yeah, from Francesco Guidelin. Look where they are now, look what's happened to them. So I think that that absolutely approach on who they want to fit the club, cultural fit, as you said, is so vital to get right to, for the, for the uh, success of a football club. Pep's been at pains, to point out. I think
0: he didn't help himself when he named what Bayern Munich. He got the club that he was at wrong and that didn't help. But he's been at pains. There's been a lot of speculation about Pep, but maybe, just maybe, you will be tempted to move on. I know he's saying, categorically, I will be here for the 2020-2021 season. Your thoughts on that? Does he need a Champions League? Does If he wins the Champions League, does he head off into the sunset?
1: Well, you, no, I think he has to go and complete the set. He probably has to go to Italy and try his hand at, at managing there. He's a the kind of guy, the problem is it's that intensity level. Go back to the point we were talking about Bielsa. It's a very different style, of course, because Pep does get a tune all the way till the end of May, but it's about him you yeah. I know have spent time with him and, and he, he's a very intense man it's everything is goodness me that was a heck Kevin of a free De kick De from Kevin De Bruyne <laughs> yeah, we'll just
0: break away a second <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne has just hit a 35 yard free kick and I think I think it's hit the bar it may well have been a wonderful save from Guaita we'll keep an eye on it but uh, sorry to interrupt we'll get a replay of it in just a second Man City still on the attack Sergio Aguero in loads of space And it's cleared by Crystal Palace. Sorry, Matthew, you were saying. (laughs) No, I interrupted myself as I was watching that
1: ball fly towards the crossbar. No, I just think there comes a a point for a manager where you feel like I can't take anything on enough. And actually, I think it is, again, a blot on Pep's copybook that he hasn't had to rejuvenate a squad, an ageing squad. He's always taken that step back. And it, it is so, so difficult to do that. I think you look at... Pochettino again managing a club is cyclical because your players change They have only a finite amount of time that your players are going to be at their peak regardless of how good you are at a manager their bodies will just stop performing as they had done five six years previously and I think what he needs to be what he needs to do is is try and go through that process with Manchester City and I think that probably feeds him but what he does need is to make sure that he's moving forward all the time and the only way that he can move this club forward now is by winning the Champions yeah. League so I think if he doesn't do it this year I still think he'll be there next year, absolutely, because I think he has everything in his uh, in his setup to make him comfortable and make him keep striving for more and more. I am
0: intrigued, I must say with Pep, I am intrigued as to what he does to replace Mikel Arteta. There's a lot of intrigue, and perhaps I'm a sad man for that, but I am intrigued by that. Right then, we've got our first goal of the day. We head to St Mary's is where we're off to. It's Southampton against Wolves. It's not Danny Ings on the score sheet. Southampton have taken the lead
1: and it's the big centre half. It's Jan Bednarek at the back post. It is indeed. We played about 15 minutes we have down at St Mary's in Southampton, having won four of their last five and drawn the other one, look like they are going to continue to climb up the table. I know it's early doors, but as your, you're absolutely right, Chris, it's Jan Bernack. A ball from the uh, from about 35, 40 yards on the right hand side, out swinging into the box. It was a free kick, missed largely by everybody. A few swings and a misses, and there was Bernack at the back post to just sort of caress it in with his side foot, back over the goalkeeper, Ru Patricio, in goal. And it's 1-0 Southampton. Rob Wadsworth is
0: watching proceedings at the Etihad. It's Man City against Palace. Palace have just had a penalty shout.
2: Yeah, that's a big penalty shout. It's interesting. We've seen two different angles. One, it looked blatant, a penalty. Second angle, I'm not so sure. It's gone to VAR. uh, Wilfred Zaha has cut into the box. He's one-on-one up against John Stones. The referee's
0: right there. I tell you what, I've watched that three times now. First time I thought, yeah, no penalty. Second time I thought, that's a penalty. Third time, I still think it was a penalty. And it's not given. It's not been given. They are
1: not given. And I I, I hate to say it, I I know it's gone to VAR and you would suggest that they are um, immune from prejudice but I do think Wilf Zaha's reputation counts. You know, I'm not going to say that I that I agree with that reputation. I think players that move as as quickly as he does with feet as lightning fast as his is very easy for a tiny little touch to, to unsettle you. But I do think he has a reputation uh, for taking more than a, tiny a little touch bit earlier. Well. but yeah, yeah. that one to me, I agree with you now, guys. I, I appreciate with VAR,
0: it's a clear and obvious error. They'll always back the decision on the field. But again, I come back to it, the monitor, is that not
2: worth one to see? I tell you what, ref, you might want to come over and look at that on well, the monitor. I think for this weekend's games, I think there's the PGMOL. Is yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The, the Referees Association well effectively done. said. Thank you. Um, effectively I would have said got that wrong. <laughs> I just think a Kangol. Remember those hats that some people
0: used to <laughs> wear? The Samuel L. Jackson hats. Yeah, the yeah. Samuel L. Jackson hats. <laughs> That's all I think there when you say PGMLO
2: or whatever they're called. But yeah, they said that the monitors are in use. In, in- use, this, but only for red card decisions. Aha. Uh-huh. So the referees are in to go to the monitor for red card decisions, but not other ones. So it would be interesting to see what happens. That was a bit of a 50-50. The decision is no penalty. So it's still Man City, no.
0: Crystal Palace, no. Kevin De Bruyne did indeed hit the crossbar with that 35-yard free kick. Best player in the Premier League, Kevin De Bruyne? Uh, he's certainly the most important to his team. You say that. He didn't play majority of last season and they won the league. Yeah. Well, so I've killed you there <laughs> Rob That's me there you done. thanks everybody I'll, uh, I'll <laughs> see you next week <laughs> get your coat he's off, you off but in fairness though who is the best player
1: I mean it depends you could well the Ballon d'Or would Virgil suggest that Dijk. it's Virgil van Dijk I would make a fair argument against that some might say it's Trent Alexander-Arnold some of the 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 skill set from that position he yeah. could argue would be players as, as an 8 maybe even a 10 I think he's, he's got a passing range that probably Kevin De Bruyne is a little bit scared of having someone take his mantle and he does it he's from fullback. he's an excellent player Sergio Aguero most hat-tricks ever scored in the Premier League I mean there's such an argument for it who's the one that you'd probably want to sit on the halfway line and watch the most Kevin. is probably Kevin De Bruyne I would think he's one of those players that I think if you got a ticket for a game you wouldn't watch the game you just watch the way he moves how he handles the ball how he manipulates the space and in that sense I think he's it's yeah, a fair uh, argument his,
0: his, his development as a footballer he was a winger for goodness sake yeah, at yeah. Genk Chelsea, Chelsea Wolfsburg yeah. oh, oh, is it
2: a did he have a year at Chelsea two years he had a,
0: that? Y- a year they bought him didn't they they yeah, yeah. he left him at Genk I think for six months That's he right, yeah. s-
1: but he started at Chelsea that very first do you remember <laughs> very personal story the first uh, time I saw Chris on a night out having moved to Dubai <laughs> was was with Kevin De Bruyne it was not with uh-huh. Kevin De Bruyne but he'd started that first game for Chelsea against Manchester United the awful 0-0 do you remember? Yes, he started that game. It's a horrendous game of football. Having, having, been that, having been the the player that people had heard a lot about, but they only paid about 7 million quid for him. But then he was hooked and never seen of again because he was playing out of position all of this time, playing that kind of left on a three. Yeah, and then went off to Germany and then found
2: his feet. Two years Best player for you in the Premier League? Adler Trent. Oh, you're going to oh, trade? Adler Trent, yeah.
1: What's your. You're a fullback, I'm going to say. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that might be the <laughs> argument there. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. I'd nice. Definitely Trent, because I'm a fullback. I can <laughs> yeah. appreciate what he's doing. And I say De Bruyne because I'm a material <laughs> number yeah. eight. <laughs> <laughs> Anything but. Right, then. Anyway,
0: interesting one that. Let us know. 4 1. I want to get the boys' thoughts because you're right. Aguero, 12 hat tricks, more than anyone else. He's moved now, fourth on the all time list. 177 goals ahead of this one. We'll maybe dis- debate that as well. Keep it locked right here, Dubai 103.8. We've got one goal in the Premier League thus far. It's come at St Mary's. It's Southampton 1, Wolves Nil. Stay with us. This is The Grill, live from Barasti, where the game is always on. Welcome back, great to have your company with us this evening. Myself, Chris McCarty, of course, it is Rob Wadsworth and Matthew Fortune alongside myself down here at Barasti. If you are looking for a venue to enjoy your Saturday evening, to enjoy your sporting fair, certainly your football fair, then do pop on down, great atmosphere building up, a lot of foodie fans in. My only advice, if you are popping on down, Bring a jumper, because it's been schoolboy for me. I do not have one. Matthew is already decked out in his. Rob's brought a cagoule with him <laughs> <laughs> he's ready to get in that when it does hey, get with the, rain. the weather yeah, of a couple of weeks ago yeah. i mean have you got umbrella uh, you've got scarves uh, and hearts and welly boots he's got some welly boots as well so I'm he's like, I like he's matching
1: the waterproofs with the flip-flops just in <laughs> <He's in case laughs> <he's got laughs>
0: all seasons up. a man for all seasons quite right rob as well so you are right then nil mills across the board the only goal that we've got is down at st mary's jan bednerick with it and we were just discussing off air i want to get to this one talking point from the week, and I appreciate there's many. I want to talk about Barcelona's treatment of Ernesto Valverde as we go as well this evening. I want to talk about footballers supporting former clubs, supporting just other football, if we can. Oliver McBurney, Sheffield United striker, he's made headlines for some wrong reasons this past week. Former club Swansea, they were playing their big Wales derby against Cardiff. He was photographed, he was pictured down there in the away end, enjoying the game one or two things that he probably shouldn't have got up to, one or two gestures that he uh, threw in the direction of the Cardiff fans. Thoughts on it, boys? Because forget the gestures, I can't condone that, but refreshing to see yeah. a former player Absolute, away end.
2: Absolutely no problem with it. You know, footballers are, and sports people are human beings like me or you. They yeah. they support teams, they support sports, they, they have a passion for the game, hopefully, we hope they do. And yeah, absolutely no problem with it at all. As you say, maybe the gestures weren't... Of, weren't as they should have been as a role model, but but he was there supporting then, supporting his team and, and, and good for him. I don't want to condone it, but
0: we're adults at the end of the day. It's it's kind of expected when you are brought up to hate the rivals as much and by hate maybe bit of a strong word to detest the rivals. I mean, I'm not <laughs> going to sit here and say yeah, detest. Sir. Not talking, oh, I'm not going to say hate, guys. Let's go with detest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're probably right.
0: Okay, you're right. I'll take that back. When you're told to, or at least when you're learned to. Not like, particularly like your rival. I'm not going to sit here and say that I like many Liverpool fans or Liverpool players or Liverpool football club growing. I'm just being honest. You, you didn't. You're, you're brought up because they're your main rival. Therefore, you, you revel. And I'll use that word. You revel when they don't win trophies, when they lose finals, etc. In the case of Ollie McBurney, a, a man that, that joined Swansea at a young age, I think he came down from Bradford, if memory mm, yeah, serves me correct. Lads, yeah, Yorkshire yeah. lad. Goes down there. Yes, OK, again, not condoning what he did in terms of his actions, but loving the fact that he's went
1: there with passion and he's supporting his former club. Yeah, and having a, and having a damn good time yeah. at the football. I think you kind of... The football, I mean, listen, we love it. It's brilliant in so many ways. But for some people, I sometimes find that they're just always looking for something to be grumbly about. Yeah. We've all been at a ground, we've all been at a game and the bloke behind you, the minute the game started, it has been effing and Jeffin, and he's rubbish he's no good blah 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 blah. it's like they go there because they want to get angry and I think when you see a bloke McBurney what is he 24 25 having fun with his mates at the football and being fully engrossed in the whole football experience it's so refreshing to see the human side to them we we dehumanize our footballers so much by catapulting them into the stratosphere as these uber celebrities and expect them to live this utterly faultless life that for me sometimes they don't have the joy from the game that we all want to have from it and I think you find a guy that still loves football that doesn't just go home and think oh god I've got to go to work on Saturday and perform in front of 60,000 people actually loves the game and loves what it's all about because ultimately if the fans weren't there you're not going to have a sport and so to have somebody that's showing that kind of passion you're right you don't condone the gestures and I think because of some of the incidents over the last 18 months in stands with with racism and and the behavior of, of grown men who should know a lot better you can't condone that sort of stuff but don't make that the story. Yeah. Make the story that this guy still loves going and watching football and wants fans to get behind the teams.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is, I guess, part of the the, the curse. And I'm very fortunate to do what I do for a living. But one of the things, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of peeking behind the curtain and, and giving some insight here to, to listeners that perhaps have, I've never done this before. It amazes me how many ex-footballers, current footballers, that we're fortunate enough to speak to on a regular basis, sit down and, and, and glean their thoughts of, they actually don't like the game. It amazes me, and I'm naming no names here. Some very famous pundits who are paid an awful lot of money admit to not watching football. They sit on those sofas, and <laughs> you probably can guess who I'm kind of talking about here. They admit genuinely, and again, I would never do that. It's confidence of, of who's kind of saying this, but the, the, the more than a few would say, yeah,
2: not, not a massive fan. You know what? Don't, don't watch that much, which I find... Staggering. And I, I, I've similar situation. I've got a couple of friends who are professional footballers or were professional footballers back in the UK, not in the Premier League, but in, in, in Division One Championship. So good standard, who, decent standard, and didn't like the game. You know, growing up loved it, like like myself, but it got to a stage where they didn't enjoy it the game. A grind. it was a job. One of the guys, yeah, it was a job. That going into work, they were working, they were getting paid. And one guy, he he was at a Division One club um, on a decent contract. Um, got signed, moved to a championship club, and I think wasn't getting in the teams. Was on the bench. Got offered a contract, and moved to a, a lower league where he play every week. Said, I don't want to. I'm happy <laughs> championship. I get paid every week and be um, on the bench. And be on the bench because I know I'm a, I've only got a limited time in my career to earn a le- certain amount of money. I'm going to bank as much as I can. It's a job. After this, I'm a, I'm a League One championship player. I'm, I, I can't retire. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have to get a job, so I need to earn as much as I can. And that's how we saw it. Listen. And fair play, he was on enough. On yeah, enough I mean, to listen.
1: It. It's, it, it's, it is work. A player that springs to mind as we have this discussion is Gareth Bale. Now, Gareth Bale is <laughs> arguably one of the best players of the last 20 odd years, paid phenomenal amounts of money, and was willing to just waste away on the Real Madrid bench. And I said on this very show, actually, sometimes you, you just because it's our dream or whoever's yeah. dream it is, and because on the face of it it looks phenomenal i mean who wouldn't want that when you're on the outside of it sometimes yeah it can be a bit of a chore it must be really really tough i mean we were we were talking about terror tuesday's i mean there's a real it's It's being silly, of course, because if you want to be an athlete, you've got to work hard. But there's so much that comes with it that I can imagine that for some guys, it can be a bit of a chore. And when you're at that level, when you're not stratosphere famous levels, when you're not on 300 grand a week and you know that you're set for life after about six months worth of playing football, (laughs) I can totally understand why you have to consider what's happening because your body is your asset. And it's going to happen to all of us sooner or later. That's going to break down. You're not going to be able to make money from it. So you have to be a bit smarter about it, it's just you still want, because so many people look at it as their dream you almost want them to be living it because otherwise you're saying, what well, you're wasting that because I've got about a million people behind me that would take that dream from you. Yeah, and I think on like that as well, as you say, when you're playing you know, League 2, League 1 football, invariably you're getting a contract for one or
2: two years, yeah. you know, maximum, yeah. so you, you only have a plan one two years in advance, imagine that, you're not going to know where you're going to be, you're fighting for your next contract every year, you gets to, to May time and you're, you, you're really worried about your future, your family and what's going to happen, so you know that's why there's probably a bit of a love
1: loss there because of the way that football is structured in, in terms of a business. Let me just very quickly, this is a sort of slant on this discussion very quickly before we go to a break, what would you do If you were a League One standard player... I am. (laughs) ...mid-table, just bobbing around, not earning a massive whack, blah, blah, blah. And you get the opportunity to go somewhere like India, Thailand, the Australian leagues, the MLS. Look at someone like Bradley Wright Phillips. Great example. And What is he, the the highest scoring player alongside Thierry Henry in the history of the division or something like that, cheered on by 40,000 every single week, an absolute hero in a brilliant city. What would you do from that side? Would you think... I'm gonna plug away. I think I can make it if I get a good. If I get in at Sheffield United at that League One level, and I start to get coached, probably, I could reach the Premier League. Or do you think I'll take a little bit less cash but live that footballer's yeah. dream? It's
0: like uh, Gary Mackay Steven, who was at Aberdeen yeah. Celtic. He's now at New York City. Jack Harrison, the man that's in the wing at Leeds United, talk about taking a different path. New York City football club, yeah. Bradley Wright Phillips is a great example and there's going to be another one as well, Lewis Morgan who, really exciting winger at St Mirren, joined Celtic, he's just agreed to be one of the franchise signings for David Beckham's oh, Inter nice. Miami he's a young boy, 23 years of age, I think 300 grand sterling, so what's that, about 1.5 million dirhams he's making the decision yeah. at 23 to go MLS to go stateside. I think it comes down I'm with you. If I was presented with an opportunity, if I'm a League One player and of course Jamie Vardy is now the poster boy, e- exactly, it shows yeah. you what you can do if you continue working hard, you can you can get your dreams, you can earn the millions in the Premier League. But equally I think it comes down to your personality, see some of the world. The A League's a decent standard, the J League,
2: I'd love to yeah. play some
0: football over in Japan, I'd love to play some football over in this part of the world, of course. All dreams Pass me by 33 years of age now it's still time unless, Chris There's still time Unless there's anyone Looking for a third goalkeeper Out there Al-Wassel <laughs> al Nasser, I'm happy To uh, pick up the phone call We've got a goal Though at Carrow Road Before we go to a break We've got a big goal At Carrow Road It's Norwich Against Bournemouth It's 19th Versus 20th
2: It's gone Rob It's our friend The party's back on Mr Pookie, With a penalty <laughs> Um, big goal, that. Big goal, big penalty. Um, took it away really nicely, and that's a yeah, b- a big first goal down at Carrow Road. Put Bournemouth, Bournemouth under immense pressure. I fear um, for
0: Eddie. I fear for Eddie. Yeah, i got
2: one irate Bournemouth
0: fan who phoned in my show a couple of weeks back because I dared to say it. I said, I'm not sure about Eddie. I, I just... There's a lot of love that he gets, and listen, he's done a great job, don't get me wrong. I just question whether he's a little bit overrated. Bournemouth phoned up, said, Chris, nonsense, don't know what you're talking about. I threw some stats back at him, and we had a big parley. and we had a big hug at the end of the phone call.
2: But he's in trouble, Eddie. Oh, no doubt. He's in trouble now. uh, I think it's the club. So the club, so I had some stats on this. I don't know if we have to go to a break. Yeah, we'll have time, quickly. Okay, we had some stats on this for Bournemouth. So the way they've structured the club is, is, I think, pretty frightening. So they have obviously every club gets TV money Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's something like 89% of their income is TV money 89% of their income they have 11,000 yeah, Fantastic. the vitality stadium nothing. Uh, so eighty nine percent. So if they get relegated, the impact of relegation on that club could be terminal. Yeah, because they've spent huge money. They, they've spent huge money, and they've and they've had. They've got players. There. Obviously, I am sure they've got contracts. They'll drop twenty five percent, etc. etc. cetera, But they're not going to get an parachute payment. Yeah, but they're not going to have that eighty nine percent of income from yeah, It's worrying. So, so it's worrying times for them. And you're right. And I'm sure we'll have a discussion on it. The signings that Howe's made have been questionable. Some have worked, some have been really some well. Some of David them Brooks. been brilliant. David, David Brooks,
0: Brooks, amazing. Wonderful. Injured, of course. Yeah. He's been part of the problem. He's been yeah. injured. But, but Dominic George, Solanke, Jordan Ibe. Ibe. Yeah. I mean, they've spent big on there a was, lot of draws. Did I say? There, was a,
1: there was a very. <laughs> it was a great piece I read on Football Three Six Five recently about Bournemouth's uh, love of Liverpool players, and the suggestion was made, <laughs> and this is probably a debate for after the break, that Liverpool. Only signed Dominic Solanke from Chelsea for the nominal tribunal fee because they knew that someone like a Bournemouth, wow, because they would yeah. see English talent and wow. they would see reputation would come in with even more money. That is frightening. Right, stay with us. Plenty more still to come. Two goals in the Premier
0: League will update you. Real Madrid Sevilla, and I know we've got Lazio fans out there. I'm going to tell you how you boys are getting on in just a moment. Stay tuned. This is The Grill, live from Barasti, where the game is always on. Yeah, we've got a goal. Another goal has gone in. We head to St Mary's. Welcome back to the show. Before the break, we told you Southampton led Wolves by a goal to nil. It's good news if you're a
2: Southampton fan, because they've doubled their advantage. They have, it, it was across from the right-hand side, Suarez, I think, on the right-hand yeah. side, yeah, put the cross in, Shane Long made a great run, just got himself in front of the defender um, and put in a great head, it managed to flick his head and put it into the into the far corner, so makes it Southampton 2, Wolves 0, Wolves Shane so Long with the
0: goal. Southampton continue to march forward, the Saints go marching on, so they do, just you another... me, sorry to jump in, Yeah, they're ninth as, as it th- stands with yeah, that win. Yeah, it's incredible. Level the, what were they a point
1: behind you boys Yeah, Arsenal. they were above us most people are Chris but this, we weren't talking <laughs> about they were, it <laughs> they were relegation yeah they well, were, they were. They yeah, run before that, Christmas yeah, yeah. the
0: run that Southampton are on right now and I know one or two Southampton fans in fact we're at Baraste this is the official home of the Southampton supporters club they will be downstairs they will be partying long into but the night it, this it, evening oh, we've got a goal <laughs> we've got a goal at the Etihad Stadium it's Man City against Crystal
1: Palace it's gone to Palace, Chris. Wow. Manchester City trail in the 39th minute, and I mean. I hate to say I told you so. <laughs> but you told but, us. But I'll say it. I told you so. It's Cenk Tossen has scored his first goal for Crystal Palace, ghosting in at the far post. Manchester City have had six corners in this game. Palace's side. first, a beautiful floated oh, ball to the back Kevin. post. And it's big Gary Cahill leaping highest above three City players, nodding it back across. And Tossen has snuck in behind Gundogan and just nodded it past Look Edison. At
0: Kevin De yeah. It's Kevin De Bruyne. It's Kevin De Bruyne. Caught ball watching. It's he that keeps Saint Tosan on side. He is delighted, and no wonder. He's had a tough time of it this season at Everton. He's not seen much football. He's on loan. He scored the goal. Lightning may well strike twice. It's Man City nil. Crystal Palace at once. Still an awful long way to go, of course. Just want to head back down to Carroll Road. We told you before the break, Timu Puki, the man who, well, he wasn't coming to the party, was Matt's line a little early. He's very much at the party right now. His goal from the penalty spot has given Norwich the lead. There's another caveat to that because even worse news for Bournemouth fans. Yeah,
2: they went down to 10 men within giving away the penalty with Steve Cook. So he's been given the red card. Um, in the 31st minute so Bournemouth down to 10 men that means they've had Uh had to make a a change and they've took Harry Wilson off um.
0: We've got another goal, it's all going off we've got another goal, we head this time for the Amex it's Brighton against Aston Villa, hold that thought we'll come back to Bournemouth in just a second
1: Brighton. It it is Brighton 1-0 Chris but I'm going to have to break away from that because what I think has happened is Palace gone 2-0 up here Oh, press, it's all happening. No, that it's been it's, it's, no, it's been, been chalked off. Cenk Tosin, sorry, Chris, I had one eye on that one. We'll come back to Brighton. But a long ball over the top at Palace, and Cenk Tosin got in between Fernandinho and Edison, who was a long, long way off his line, nudged it past the goalkeeper, looked for all the world that he was going to score, seemingly nudged into Fernandinho, who went sprawling. Tossen tapped it into an empty net, but the referee gave a foul, and I think City have got away with one
0: there. I think they have as well. It's Man City nil, Crystal Palace one. Let's go to Brighton if we can. I can tell you that Brighton, they lead Aston Villa by a goal to nil and it's their big money summer recruit from Belgium. It's Leandro Trossard, the reigning Jupiler player of the, uh, the year at Genk last season. Leandro Trossard, he's been in and out of the team and we've got another goal. It's all happening. The Premier League has gone goal crazy this afternoon. We head now to London Stadium.
2: It's West Ham against Everton. Who's in front? So West Ham have taken the lead 1-0 across the, the free kick I think from the right hand side the cross is coming in towards the back post I didn't actually see who got the header but the header Issa Diop Issa up with the header into the corner and West Ham go 1-0 up against Everton
0: Oh, yo, yo, breathless <laughs> stuff this is
2: what we <laughs> move the timings for to keep you bang up to date with the goals so
0: let's just recap if you're just joining us Watford, uh, uh, Tottenham that was your early kick off it finished 0-0 no goals it was there it was serenity it was, mm-hmm. it was tranquility a little earlier it's all gone off in the last few moments Arsenal, Sheffield United that is the only Premier League game currently without a goal 0 nil Brighton, they lead Aston Villa by a goal to nil. Leandro Trossard, it is on the score sheet there. Man City nil, Crystal Palace 1. St. Tosan, who we think should have probably had a second goal this afternoon. He's his goal, his header separates City and Palace. Norwich, they lead 10-man Bournemouth. And I want to get back to that in just a moment. Timu Puki, it is with the goal from the penalty spot. Jan Bednarek and Shane Long have given Southampton a 2-0 lead at Wolves and Issa Diop, his header, separates the two teams. It's West Ham one. Everton 0, let's get back down to Carrow Road Norwich against Bournemouth and Bournemouth are down to 10 men.
2: They are, so Steve Cook giving the red card giving away the penalty for which Pookie scored as a consequence of uh, taking Harry Wilson off their, their right winger and brought on Simon Francis to play in that back four um, and we'll see if that solidifies Bournemouth at all but down to 10 mil away to Norwich is going to be an uphill task it for them it certainly
0: now. is my goodness breathless stuff the turn up for the books though it is Palace leading Man City yes you'll always ride your luck against City you know you're going to concede an awful lot of possession City will monopolise the ball having said all of that they've been good Palace they've yeah. been organised and then thoroughly
1: deserving of the lead yeah they really haven't City haven't quite knitted it together as much as they would have liked, they've had chances, they've had sniffs they've had loose balls kicking around the area, Sergio Aguero has been close one or two times to getting a half chance but they really haven't clicked as well you might expect for a team that are chasing down the Premier League elect champions in Liverpool and Palace well worth this lead, just looking at that goal again Gary Cahill Cahill, deserves absolute credit for his phenomenal leap at the back post and having the presence of mind to nod it back across goal rather than towards goal and there he did find Cenk and unguarded net I've got a quick word on Roy Hodgson I know there's a long way to go in this game and of course Man
0: City could at the end win this one 5-1 of course they could quick word on him though 72 years young I know an awful lot of Liverpool fans will tell you worst manager in Liverpool's history maybe a bit harsh but you look at his career in England I know the wheels came off for England what he did at Fulham and what he's now doing at Palace I mean
2: my goodness credit that man and, and we talked about managers. I think Matt touched on it earlier about managers evolving. Yeah, and, you know how managers need to evolve their team, need to evolve their style, perhaps need to, you know, how the how the game evolves, they need, to, need to change what they are doing And he's clearly done it throughout the clubs that he's done and been for. Yeah, we've got another goal. Hold that thought. Ho, ho, ho. We head back down
0: to the London Stadium. It is West Ham against Everton. It was West Ham that led by a goal to nil through
1: Issa Diop. Not so now, Everton level. They are indeed, and it's from another set piece, and it's that man knocking on the England door. I think yeah. again, it's Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He has scored, bundling in at the back post. I'm just trying to draw up his stats to see quite how many goals he scored recently. The last two, he hasn't scored, but he scored three, five, six, seven eight goals this season which I believe is double what he'd scored yeah. as his highest record haul in any other point he's really come into his own first really under that guidance of Duncan Ferguson yeah. which is when we started to see the best of him keeping Moise Keane out of the team for most of the season, I know he's alongside the Italian youngster today but he has been really impressive for me Calvert-Lewin and he has got that goal that puts Everton back on level terms. And
2: another headed goal I think that's a
1: fifth today yeah. headed is, goal is How, yeah. what's the record for headed, oh, headed goals if, in the Premier League? If we get league? that start, let's ask Duncan
0: and Alexander from Opta on Twitter, will do just that and actually, fact. He'll give us an answer in the next five minutes, I'm sure. Just very quickly, just sticking on Dominic Calvert-Lewin, because you're absolutely spot on to mention that young man. Robbie and I were discussing England a little earlier today, and if you believe the uh, surgeon, or at least a surgeon expert, a, a, a doctor, essentially, is what I'm getting at. A surgeon expert, doesn't make sense. A doctor is what I'm getting at, saying that Harry Kane's injury may well curtail, may well end his Euro 2020 hopes. And we were talking, well, okay, Jamie Vardy's retired, and And I know Gareth Southgate has come out to say that he will not ask Jamie Vardy to perform a U-turn. You're looking then at who? (laughs) And we've got another goal. Right then, hold that thought as well. We'll head to the Emirates Stadium and it's Arsenal against Sheffield United. And who is in
1: front? It's the big gunners, Chris. You're happy. (laughs) Yes, indeed, they are. And it's two two youngsters combining. Of course, we said Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is now sitting out the next, well, it's the next two Premier League games, and then the FA Cup game will be the third of his suspension for that red card in the draw with Palace last week. But he's been replaced, leading the line by Gabriel Martinelli, the young Brazilian taken this summer for a nominal, nominal fee, has been hugely impressive for Arsenal whenever he's been used, mostly in cup competitions, including the Europa League but I did see a stat and I'm I'm not going to stand by it but he was the highest returning Goals or assists of any teenager across Europe's five leagues in terms of minutes played and and, and delivery. He's been excellent. He's got the heart of a youngster. He's got the absolute belief in himself of wanting to deliver for the club. Very excited to be on his journey. I know, Chris, you'll be heartbroken to know that he had trials with Manchester United a year or so ago and they turned down the chance to sign him. But it's he that has bundled in across from that young left-back, another 18-year-old. Saka uh, playing way out of position for Arsenal. He got free on the left floated a beautiful little cross into the area and there was Martinelli to touch home, 1-0 Arsenal. It was he, was it?
0: Yes, it was. It was, Gabriel Martinelli on the score sheet for Arsenal Football Club. They lead by a goal to nil. I want to get back to our chat. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, he's got eight goals this season. Jamie Vardy retiring. Danny Ings is on a purple patch. If Harry Kane doesn't make it, I we looking at maybe two from four. Tammy Abraham, Callum Wilson, who hasn't hit a barn door this season (laughs) from your stats earlier. You're looking at someone like a Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who I think will get his chance before the Euros, incidentally. I think Gareth Southgate will call him up. And Danny Ings, is that your four?
2: I think so, yeah. Off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone that's doing anything. At Rashford, would you would you, I mean, would you move Rashford, Rashford will Rashford will be in the squad. Who would you move him from? I mean, Maybe. He said, he said, hasn't he, he prefers to play out left so he can cut inside. Um, but maybe that's an option to put, obviously put him inside and we've got a, I think an abundance of talent who play in that three yeah. behind the striker yeah. where you can, you can mix it up sure there's, a, there's another option there but yeah Harry Kane would uh, be a uh, huge loss
1: the, the name I will throw in an on Rob's point of, of players that can play wide in a three I think you have to keep an eye on Callum Hudson-Odoi yes. I know he's been poor this season or, or certainly not hitting the heights that many expected injured, from I a think, player linked exactly yeah. he's been curtailed a little bit by injury but a guy that was linked with a 50-60 million pound move to Bayern Munich yeah. scored of course last week I think what we might see from him maybe he's a confidence player. Lampard's touched on that. We might see him grow into a player that will be, that England will be heavily reliant on. But I think what we might see of Ings, Abraham and Calvert-Lewin, I think two of those don't go because I think Rashford plays through the middle as, yeah. as an option Abraham will go and then I think Abraham will go because he were, he has not stopped scoring so then one from three well. maybe then so then I think one from three because then what you have is you have your Sterling you have Sancho you yeah. have Hudson-Odoi Hudson, yeah. you have players that can play in that yeah. wide formation I don't think England take four strikers as they would have done in the past yeah I'm with you on that front right keep it locked right here
0: halftime whistles jeepers where is that opening 45 minutes oh. gone it's mental right we'll give you a full wrap of what we've witnessed in that first half in just a moment stay with us
1: you're listening to The Grill More than Biggest sports stories now
2: on Dubai I-103.8.
0: Yeah, welcome back to our broadcast down here at Barasti. We're just remarking, great little spot down here. The big screen is where it's at. All the games are on eh, across the venue. 20-plus screens dot around. Food's good, eh, beverages are good as well. Do pop on down and enjoy your Saturday evening if you are looking for a spot to watch all the football action. We're at half-times across the Premier League, across Europe as well. Just want to, because I know we've got Lazio fans. We've had a lot of texts about Lazio in the last week or so. Random. Lazio, of course, made Famous by Paul Gascoigne, I think of his stint back in the early 90s. Sven and Eriksson, of course, winning the league with them. What was that? 2001, with all that money spent. Juan Sebastián Verón, Diego Simeone, Marcelo Salas, Etal. I can tell you today, Claudio Ranieri, Sampdoria, who have struggled this season, they've went to the Stadio Olimpico and they have been battered. Lazio five, Sampdoria one. That's 11 wins on the bounce. Ah, that is a club record Simone Inzaghi we had him over here at the Dubai Globe Soccer Awards Uh, he was on stage at the Dubai International Sports Forum Very good. Very, very good. Very insightful. I can tell you that Cirio Immobili has scored a hat trick today, the Italian. He had a tough time of it, Brucia Dortmund, and in Spain with Sevilla. He's got a hat trick today. Lazio 5, Sampdoria 1. What does that mean at the top of Serie A? Well, what it means is they've closed the gap to Juventus to three points. Juventus lead the way on 48. Antonio Conte, his Inter Milan team, on 46. And Lazio on 45. Dare I say. Is
2: that Insaghi's first job? Simone's Insaghi. I think it was. I think it is. I think I
0: need to double-check that. He may well have had a stint. Maybe Piacenza rings a bell. I'll double-check that. But that, nonetheless, is a heck of a a run that Lazio are on. 11 successive. I'm going to look at that table. U.V. inter Lazio. Three points separate them. I feel like I'm back in 1999
1: (laughs) again. It's good. I'm just looking
0: at their team. Chris, yeah, there's. I know what you're going to say here. There's a few standout names. Who
1: on earth is that
0: leading the line alongside Chirio Mobile? Felipe Casedo, X Man City. Yeah,
1: it was it awful for City. Big, powerful, good right? in Italy, yeah. though. Oh, yeah. I just yeah. saw the name and I thought, surely that's just a, a name share rather than. The, and look who's yeah. anchoring their midfield. Yeah, of course, Lucas Levin. That, is that Luis Alberto, who also spent time at uh, no,
0: Liverpool? No, Luis Alberto, that is, that's a different one, but there was. <laughs> Luis Alberto in fact I'll double check that you've made me doubt myself now Suso of course formerly of Liverpool is at AC mm. Milan but uh, Lazio Lucas Leiva, and Felice, uh, F- uh, Felipe Casado they are the two standout names undoubtedly in that side of course formerly of the Premier League need to double check
1: Luis Alberto What, what is it about Lazio Chris that I, I know I can ask you a question that you haven't prepared for because you know the answer to it anyway because you know most things about what is it that they're doing so right at the moment how is it that they play because I know they've got the um, the Milinkovic Savic who a lot, yep. of players talk, uh, a lot of people talk about as being um, set for the Premier League within the next couple of years what is it about them that is just working so well well let me start by saying Luis Alberto you're absolutely right three years at Liverpool it
0: is that young man came through at Sevilla so they've got him formerly of Liverpool they've got Lucas Leiva the, the Liverpool link up there Milinkovic Savic is a boy I think where did they get him from Genk in Belgium I think it was, and he's someone who's been linked continuously with big moves. I've watched a lot of Lazio, Simone and Zaghi. What they're really good at, they're, dare I say, a bit like Chris Wilder's Sheffield United. It's back three, play five across the midfield. They're willing to go direct. Chirio Mobili is the Italian Jamie Vardy. He's a buzzsaw. He literally will run in behind. He stretches teams. Sergei Milinkovic savic is this kind of new fan. He's a, he's a big lumbering you know, Seoul in the middle of the park and, and they, they want to get it out wide, they want to get it and they're not afraid to go back to front, they're not afraid to test out teams and, and Casedo, what he is, he's a battering ram, he opens up the space for an Immobile, he is someone that, you know, again, someone that likes to move, can run the channels, not as quick as Immobile by any stretching. Listen, Chirio Mobley, he's playing the best football of his career. He got his big money move from Torino to Borussia Dortmund. What, four years ago now, you had a wonderful purple patch at Torino. He's playing better football now. They're, they're, they're tapping into him, and he's just got players bought into the system, three-five-two and bought into everything that he's doing. And, of course, when you're on runs like this, you feel... Unbeatable 5-1 yeah. against the Sampdoria side. I've watched a bit of Sampdoria. Uh, Claudio Ranieri's gone in and he's done exactly what you'd expect them to do. He's made them organised. I watched them the other night in actual fact against Genoa. It was a terrible football match. It really was. They came away with a 1-1 draw, I think, on that night. Diego Mota, who's now the boss, former Barcelona midfielder <laughs> yeah, and PSG. Yeah. He's manager of Genoa. Really? Big rivals over in Italy. And Lazio. And again, let us know if you've been watching a lot of them. Been very impressed with them. I was, I was asked this earlier. I think Inter win the league this year. I think Juventus's dominance comes to an end. I would love sound like Kevin Keegan <laughs> here. I'd love it if Lazio were to win it. It would be a shock. Have in they the got the legs, legs
2: for the league? You know, you've got some Lazio, big clubs in
0: there. I'd be surprised. I would yeah. be surprised with Cristiano Ronaldo leading the line, with Paulo Dybala yeah, playing yeah. so well, with those two and the rest of the great players that Juve have, and and Conte. Conte's tell you what, boys, he's a good manager, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's someone yeah. that just knows how to build in a quick speedy of time. Did it at Chelsea. He won the league in his first season yeah. in charge yeah, yeah.
1: and he's gone to Inter and overnight he's trans—he's
0: transformed them into... He's a thinker.
1: He is. He's a thinker and he brings things to the table. Lest we forget that Chelsea team. No one no one was talking about three at the back until Conte started no. doing it with Chelsea and they certainly weren't thinking doing it with uh, Victor Moses and Marcus Alonso <laughs> as your wing-backs. Well,
0: Mark, uh, uh, Victor Moses, I think, is about to join him. Now at Inter Milan. Yeah, really? yeah. That's the, the report, <laughs> today. and he's got Ashley Young. Yeah, it's now. It's yeah. Ashley Young. I mean it. Ashley Young's and don't a bizarre forget, one. Last year they won the Super Cup. They did. They, they beat U V three one. Which I guess that has given them an awful yeah, lot of confidence. Yeah. That that probably tells them, listen, lads, we can go toe to toe here and last the pace. I'd still be shocked. If Lazio win the league, it would genuinely be one of the stories of European football this season. Bar none, it really would be. He's done a great job because as a player, he was always in the shadow of his older brother, Pippo, yeah. with Simone Inzaghi. A yeah, great yeah. striker and taking nothing away from him. It's role reversal They're in management. had
2: that great quote about him, wasn't he? Pippo. Born yeah. offside. He was born offside, that <laughs> lad. <laughs> yeah. Now Here's one
1: for you then, talking about the European league. So hang on, just looking, excluding th- France yeah. and maybe Spain... Could we be looking at a, a end of season in which Bayern Munich, Manchester City and Juventus Always. all fail to win the title? Yeah, yeah we could it's good. be. Yeah, we could. I think Ger- Germany's an interesting one.
0: RB Leipzig, the job that Julian Nagelsmann's done at RB Leipzig. I know as well, David Wagner, formerly of Huddersfield. Yeah, a yeah, they won last night. Yeah, yeah last but night, against yeah. Borussia Mönchengladbach. Marco Rose as well. And I know we're getting real niche into European football here, but Marco Rose, what a job he did at Red Bull Salzburg. He's continued that on at Borussia Mönchengladbach. I know Celtic were very keen on him. He's highly, highly rated, but they were beaten last night by Schalke by two goals to nil. I'd love it. A genuine. Again, I'm backing the Kevin Keegan mode. <laughs> RB Leipzig again. If they were to win the league, I know they've got their detractors, <laughs> the money, etc., and the history of German football and what they've done. But that would be a shot in the arm for German football as well.
2: And Augsburg are drawing with three all with Borussia Dortmund at the moment. Are they really? Yeah, yeah. She. So that that top, as you say, that top of that league, top five, six teams. It's in not it? Really it, yeah. it hasn't been like that for a long time, has it? It's, it's always it's been Dortmund and. Bayern
0: Sixty-nine Munich. minutes yeah. on the clock yeah. in that one. Niederachner. Gave uh, Augsburg the lead. Marco Richter made it 2-0. I can tell you that Julian Brandt, their big summer recruit from Bayer Leverkusen, he pulled one back. Niederlechner made it 3-1 again. Erling Haaland Haaland. on debut made it 3-2 from Jadon Sancho. I can tell you that Jadon Sancho has also made it 3-3. There's a player, there's the two players that I would love at my football club. Uh, Jaden Sancho and Erling Haaland that Borussia Dortmund team is exciting they just concede too many goals yeah,
2: and Leipzig play tonight don't they late kick off yes kick-off, they do they've got uh, Union Berlin yeah Highland, they do
0: Highland, yeah. Union Berlin RB Leipzig so we'll keep an eye on uh, that one later on once we've clocked off this evening so yeah that gives you the kind of chapter and verse Lazio would be a great story Germany would be a great story and then I'm not going to say Liverpool in the league would be <laughs> a great story but Listen, it probably would for English football. They are the storied franchise. I say franchise, sound American when I say that. Right then, 8 o'clock has ticked around. We'll be starting off the second halves in just a moment. We're going to switch tact a little bit. Obviously, we'll keep you bang up to date. When the goals go in, you will hear about them first on Dubai 103.8. But there is also a big night over in Las Vegas. I say a big night, it's a big morning for us tomorrow morning. Conor McGregor, after 15 months, is back in the octagon. He's going up against Donald, the cowboy, Cerrone. We're going to
1: be in conversation... No, are we? Yeah, no, we are. Sorry, I'm just going back to the football very quickly. Your man Haaland off the bench had been on the pitch for three and a half minutes wow. before he wow. scored. Is there anything that that boy cannot do? Wow, and Jaden Sancho, <laughs>
0: the third goal, we're seeing the highlights nice. there. The first touch is Berbatov esque. It's what it is. 3-3 three, three, then, Augsburg against Dortmund. We'll keep an eye on that one for you. Lazio, they have beaten Sampdoria by five goals to one over in Serie A. I'm also conscious that Real Madrid are in action against Sevilla from La Liga. We've got to talk Barca as well before we clock off at nine o'clock. But I can tell you that Real Madrid, Lazio, eh, Sevilla, sorry, that one is still nil-nil in La Liga. Halftime at the Santiago Bernabeu. Eight o'clock, it's ticked around. The players are back on the pitch for the second half in the English Premier League. We'll keep you up to date with that. When we come back, though, we're talking all things UFC 246. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at Dubai Eye 1038.com.